I'm putting love on the radio, spreading joy everywhere I go. There's no way to hide my hope. Oh, no, this little light of mine. Hey, I'm gonna let it shine. Telling the world to save my soul. The only way I know with love on the radio. Hello, everybody. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM or wherever you're listening to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Great to have you join me on this Thursday. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got a special guest joining us in the second half of the show as well. His name is Dr. Jeff Barkey. He's one of America's frontline doctors and the primary care physician at Personal Concierge Physicians. You don't want to miss our important discussion there. We're going to be talking all about about the COVID-19 vaccine, mask mandates, how to stand up against this this latest wave of mandates with the 100 uh, employees or more that Biden, the Biden administration is trying to push right now, and so much more uh, side effects, all sorts of different things that you need to know about when it comes to this COVID-19 vaccine and the pandemic, and is there going to be another wave of the pandemic? All of that information coming up in the second half of the show. You don't want to miss it. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show, live right now now on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? All righty, but guys, it's uh, November 18th, 2021. It's a Thursday. It's getting cold outside, but today is, if you can believe it, it's National Princess Day. And so the very first princess to come to our TV screens was Snow White in 1937, Snow White in the Seven Dwarves. It's based on the fairy tale by the Brothers Grimm. The movie was also the first full-length traditional animation film, as well as the earliest Disney animated feature film. It's useless bits of trivia, but I thought you'd like to know today is National Princess Day, so if you've got a daughter or a sister or a loved one or a girlfriend or whatever, you can always wish them a happy National Princess Day, and that might mean something extra special for them on this Thursday. I'm Ryan Young, and this is The Ryan Young Show. So we're going to be talking a lot about the vaccine today and and the mandate and, and the whole thing there and what's taking place right now with the Biden administration, because I think it's something that you guys care about a lot. And so that's why we, I wanted to dedicate today's show to it. And we've got an expert. Uh, not, there's not a lot of experts in, in America about this topic, but he, he's on the right side of this. And he's going to be joining us and talking a lot about what's unfolded with this mandate. Re- recently, we just saw that the U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration, they have officially suspended enforcement of the requirement by by the Biden administration that says that large employers nationwide have to get their workers vaccinated against COVID-19 or tested weekly. You might remember that it, the, the, the ruling, according to President Biden in his order, was that by January 4th, they must get vaccinated. Otherwise, the company is going to face massive amounts of fines as well as weekly testing and on and on it went. Well, Uh, OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, suspended this enforcement. This decision followed a stay. Uh, The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans granted Friday in a lawsuit seeking to block the mandate filed on behalf of various companies, companies including the GOP, the the Real Day, the Daily Wire, you might know them, Ben Shapiro, and, and so many other companies have filed complaints saying that this is not constitutional. This is uh, encroaching upon the individual liberty and the freedom of so many employees as well as employers to make 
their own health decisions. And, and that's really what it comes down to, the individual being allowed to make their own health decisions based on the data that they see, based on their own health risks, based on their own convictions. We're talking about religious freedom. We're talking about their own health freedom in a way as well. And the court concluded that the mandate is, quote, fatally flawed and that the lawsuit likely to, is likely to succeed because it's, quote, promulgation grossly exceeds OSHA's statutory authority. So it exceeds the authority that the government has. So the government, based on the Constitution, based on the laws that have been passed since it's the nation's founding, does not have the authority to tell you what should go into your body without your own consent. And, and that's basically what this has taken place here. Critics um, including um, GOP and the Daily Wire and all sorts of different states that have also sued. They're counting this as a major victory because it suspends th- this issue right now. So if you're an employee and, and your boss is still telling you that you're going to have to get vaccinated before January 5th, uh, if that's what they're telling you, then I would encourage you to point them to this article, point them to, you can literally just Google it, O-S-H-A News, and you'll find it right there on Google, on any platform. And I'd encourage you to stand up right now if you don't want to get vaccinated and you feel like you're being coerced in order to keep your job, then just hear the news that you don't have to get vaccinated right now based off of this latest decision and be able to assess for your own health and your own risks and your own religious convictions what you think you need to do. And the part that bothers me the most right now is that it doesn't apply to really federal government workers. So right now, the people that are at at the greatest loss of freedom are the people that should be the ones that are protecting our freedom. And that is what bothers me the most. Our military men and women right now are, are being attacked like never before, I believe, in our country by our own people. And that is the, the current Biden administration. Right now, American servicemen and women are being forced either to vaccinate or potentially get dishonorably discharged. And I don't know if you know what dishonorably discharged mean, means, so I'm going to describe it a little bit and we're going to talk about it. So when an American service member breaks the law or a military code of conduct in such an egregious way, they get slapped with the, the, the phrase of a dishonorable discharge, which means that they will lose access to medical benefits from the VA. They lose access to home loans from the VA. They lose access to the GI Bill for further education. They also lose their Second Amendment rights and the access to ammunition, if you knew that. They also lose military funeral honors. They lose the ability to reenlist in another branch of the military. And they have a very, very difficult job very difficult time getting another job. Now, that is what it means to get dishonorably discharged from the military. You pretty much lose all the benefits of the job, as well as the very basic rights to carry a gun or, or even have ammunition. This is severe. This is strict. The comparable one would be for you and I that aren't military servicemen and women. The comparable thing would be basically if you got a felony. That's about, that's about the same in a lot of ways. Because you see, a felony is the worst check mark you can get in your life. But the worst check mark a military servicemen and women could get is also a felony, I suppose, but also dishonorable discharge because it makes it just as unlikely for you to be able to attain a job. 
And so right now, the Biden administration is fighting so hard to to demand that the military men and women get this vaccine to the point where they are dishonorably discharging anyone who speaks out against it and says that they don't want it. So think about that. The level of coercion right now on our servicemen, on our service women. It's pretty scary to me. It's pretty intense. And you have to ask yourself, what is with the pressure right now for so many people to get this vaccine? Why is it that we're going to dishonorably discharge those brave men and women that have fought for our country, that have protected our country from all sorts of international disasters, from terrorism, from ISIS, from all of it, But now, all of a sudden, we ourselves, based by the administration, the Biden administration, we now are punishing those people simply because they have their own convictions about this vaccine. And now, a lot of our servicemen and women are of the certain age where they have a very low likelihood of passing away from the coronavirus. And we're talking about uh, uh, the likelihood of survival being over 99.9%. We're also talking about how many of these military men and women, how many people in America have already contracted the coronavirus, have already recovered from the coronavirus, and who already has natural immunity. It's a question that that I hope you can ask for yourself, and I encourage anyone that is considering getting this vaccine, before you get the vaccine, maybe take an antibody test, a test that shows you whether or not you've had the virus, a test that shows shows you whether or not you already have natural immunity. Because you see, natural immunity is a lot stronger than an artificial vaccine that, that, that is still in the experimental stages that have yet to be approved by the FDA. See, the science of natural immunity has been thrown out the door by our current health experts in America. And what I find super appalling is Dr. Fauci picking, really cherry picking the data. When the Israeli data showed that a Pfizer booster in older people reduced severe illness tenfold, Dr. Fauci immediately called it dramatic data. Yet when Israeli data also showed that natural immunity was 27-fold more productive against COVID-19 than the vaccine, he said absolutely nothing. Now, it's the same data, the same people in the same study. And you can see him on record saying that the Pfizer booster, b- booster tenfold reducing, reducing severe illness, that is, quote, dramatic data. But then when it comes to the Israeli data, the same data saying that natural immunity is 27 times more likely to be protective than the vaccine against COVID. He, he ignores it. He doesn't even share that with you. And there's been a coordinated effort by our health experts, by the government, to keep important information from you, to not tell you about other possible cures to the virus, including hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, remdesivir, and on and on it goes. Regeneron. Yeah, these cures to the virus, which, by the way, have a very low risk of side effects. 
They don't tell you about that. No, they label that as extreme, as crazy, and any doctor that promotes it is somehow now, um, I don't know, killing people. And the worst part about this, the people that are being affected the most are not only military men and women, but it's also our children. Our kids who have over a 99.997 survival rate chance. Our kids are being forced into mask wearing like never before in their schools. Forced into social isolation where they're not able to play with their friends. Forced into online classes where they're isolated in their bedrooms with technology when they shouldn't even be that way. And now we see the Biden administration peddling this vaccine onto our youth that have a very, very minimal chance of getting the virus and being sick. So the majority of our kids probably also, just a heads up, have already had the virus, have already recovered. Many of them don't even show symptoms. Many of them are not even a little bit affected. They maybe lost their taste for a couple of days, maybe a week, and they're over it. And so we'll see what all unfolds here. But I I caution you, I really do caution you, before you make your kid and get your kid to get vaccinated, please look at the data, look at the risks, assess this for yourself, look at the side effects, myocarditis, heart inflammation, and onwards. There are severe risks on both sides of this issue. And yet you're only being told one issue. If you're watching CNN, MSNBC, maybe even Fox News, you won't hear the data that needs to be shared. And I I ask you to think about this. And here's a question for you. Why is it that only some data is being presented? Why is it that Dr. Fauci is ignoring some data from the Israeli study, while promoting other data? Why is it that no one seems to be talking about natural immunity? You see, natural immunity is something that the scientific community has talked about for years. It used to be, if you got the flu, you didn't have to get the flu shot. If you got the chicken pox, you didn't have to get the chicken pox shot. That's gotten thrown right out the window. And, and, you know, another important thing to look at is internationally what's taking place. We can look over to Sweden and we can see that natural immunity works. And it works fantastically. We've seen data that have come out that shows it very clearly. And I want to share some of that with you. It is now undeniable that in almost every part of North America, Europe and Eastern Asia... The pandemic is more prolific than it ever has been before a single person was vaccinated. Did you notice that? I bet you didn't hear that on the mainstream media. Let me repeat that. It's now undeniable that in almost every part of North America, Europe and Eastern Asia, the pandemic has become more prolific than it has ever been before a single person was vaccinated. Yet, Almost every single one of these countries has nearly every adult vaccinated. Why is it then that the pandemic is more prolific? 
is the vaccine working? Is the vaccine actually stopping the transmission of the coronavirus? And if it is, then why is it that our administration here in America and all of these other countries are saying that even if you're vaccinated, you should continue to wear your mask? Even if you're vaccinated, we need the unvaccinated to get it because the vaccinated can still transmit the disease and spread it. They can still get the coronavirus. We've still seen people that are celebrities and politicians that were vaccinated get the coronavirus. Many of them still get sick and some even still die. So so you have to ask yourself on, on a very basic standpoint, is the vaccine then even working to do the very mission that it's supposed to be doing? Or is this once again another control tactic by the Biden administration to force us to do something when even the very thing that they believe to be the cure has failed? So Central and Eastern Europe right now are on fire from the latest wave of the virus. Research suspect that it's not even just the Delta variant, but that every single European country has gotten at least one wave of this virus to varying degrees of severity. But the one exception of all places is Sweden. The Scandinavian country now has the second lowest case rate in all of Europe. But unlike Spain, which is the lowest, the Swedes in Sweden have never experienced a single Delta wave. Think about that. So these people, many of them unvaccinated, many of them never experiencing the Delta wave, yet they have the second lowest case rate. Huh. I think that's a pretty strong argument for natural immunity. Perhaps I would encourage you, if you're interested in this data and looking at this further, check out the data behind Sweden. It's pretty interesting. So we've talked so far about the latest updates from OSHA, about how they've suspended this vaccine mandate. So now you're not being forced to have to get this vaccine if you work at a company with over 100 employees before January 4th. We've talked about the effect that military men and women right now are possibly facing dishonorable discharge. We're talking about how their, their, their children are being affected, being forced to wear these masks when they have a 99.997% survival rate. We've talked about Sweden and the, the, the cause and, and the, the real data surrounding natural immunity. And the last thing I want to touch on before we head to the break is a very, very essential thing for you to think about. Did you know that if you get the vaccine and you have a side effect from this vaccine, you get sick, you develop myocarditis, perhaps even worse, you get paralyzed, or maybe even a loved one dies. Did you know that you were unable to sue? You're unable to sue Pfizer, Moderna. You're unable to sue any of these vaccines. Were you aware of that? Did you know it falls directly on the taxpayer? It falls directly on you. You have lost your freedom to even sue if you have an adverse effect to this vaccine. Never before in our history has the private businesses, Pfizer and these companies, worked and colluded with government to give the government granting them the ability to waive all responsibility. So now they they don't have any a fear or, or worry about any of these side, side effects and adverse effects taking place right now in America. 
which we've had thousands and thousands and thousands, over 100,000 people reporting severe adverse effects to this vaccine, yet not a single lawsuit can be brought because our government decided to waive that for them. Follow the money. Follow the money. So let's think about this. You go to a restaurant and you get food poisoning. Maybe there's like, I don't know, bones in your food and you choke on a bone and you get sick. Guess what? You're able to sue that restaurant. There's all sorts of health codes in place. You'd be able to sue them and say that this restaurant got me sick. They didn't follow the proper protocols and you would see them in court. You're driving in your car and for whatever reason, the seatbelt in your car is broken and there's a major flaw being created by the company. Let's just pick a company, Toyota, let's say, they make a defective seatbelt and you get in an accident and you get really injured from it because the seatbelt was defective. Guess what? You'd be able to sue. But now when we're talking about the very vaccine, a chemical injection in your body, an experimental vaccine at that, one of the fastest vaccines ever released, you are unable to sue. Tell me that that isn't just evil. And why is it that no one tells you that? No, they tell you if you don't get the vaccine, you're threatening your neighbors and your family, you're being unsafe. And now even in some places, you're not able to go to a grocery store, you're not able to eat at a restaurant, not even able to shop at, a, uh, at anywhere, the mall, you can't even work out. You're pretty much completely segregated in our community based off of vaccination status. It's time to wake up. It's time to know the truth. And that's what I hope Jeff Barkey, our doctor, joining us in the second half of the show will share with us. Don't miss it. America's Frontline Doctor is coming up right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Ryan Young Show. I'm Ryan Young, live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Joining me now is Dr. Jeff Barkey, one of America's frontline doctors and the primary care physician at Personal Concierge Physicians. Dr. Barkey, it's great to have you on the show. Ryan, great to be with you and great to be in studio at Hillsdale College. Yes, it's a rarity. Uh, I wanted to start just talking about Biden's vaccine mandate right now. It's on the top of everybody's mind. Uh, I want to get your thoughts from a physician's perspective about whether this vaccine should be required uh, for our youth and just in general. Yeah, well, listen, uh, I'm a primary care physician. I've treated hundreds and hundreds of patients with COVID-19 out in Southern California. There ought not be any mandate for any vaccine, in my opinion. Uh, That is between a patient and their doctor and making an informed decision on their own, in my opinion, the government ought not be mandating any vaccine. 
and in particular, this COVID-19 vaccine, because first of all, it's not even approved by the FDA. Every vaccine that's available now, the COVID-19 vaccine, if you go into a pharmacy, and I encourage you to do this, don't take my word for, for it, call your local pharmacy, Rite Aid, Savon, Walgreens, any pharmacy that's near you and ask them, do they have the FDA-approved Comirnaty vaccine available? And the answer you'll get is, first of all, they won't even have heard of it. That's the vaccine that was supposedly approved. And they'll say, no, we have the Pfizer, BioNTech, and the Moderna, and the Johnson & Johnson. And all three of those are being used under emergency use authorization. So there is no FDA-approved COVID-19 vaccine available anywhere in the United States. What's the importance of the FDA approval, a seal of approval? Well, the importance, first of all, is that uh, emergency use authorization requires that there be no other significant available treatment for a disease for the FDA to use a product under emergency use authorization. Normally, when a vaccine is brought to market, it'll take five to seven years of testing before it's brought to market. And as you know, this vaccine has only been around now for about a year. Right. Very narrow testing. Uh, no long-term safety data. And the reality is we have really good early treatment now available for COVID-19. Probably one of the most effective tools we have is the monoclonal antibodies. And the most common one used is Regeneron. As a matter of fact, Ryan, I, you know, I'm out here at Hillsdale. My son goes to Hillsdale College. He has a friend that was coming down what he thought was with COVID. Mm -hmm. So I brought with me some Regeneron that's the IV or subcutaneous treatment. It's the most effective tool that we have. So I went 2,500 miles from Southern California to make a house call. Wow. <laughs> and, and we went over to this patient's house and we injected her with Regeneron subcutaneously. And uh, I have recovered from COVID about a month or so ago. So there's no risk to me. Mm -hmm. People that have gotten COVID simply do not get it a second time. Natural immunity is very powerful. So if we have adequate treatments and good treatments for COVID, then there is no reason to be authorizing something under an emergency use authorization. Here's the perfect example. Everybody's had a sore throat, maybe even strep throat. So imagine I'm a pharmaceutical company and I've got a new product, a new antibiotic to treat strep throat. Mm -hmm. And I go to the FDA and I say, FDA, I've got this great product. I want you to approve it under emergency use authorization because it works really well. And the FDA would look at me and say, well, wait, we've got like eight other antibiotics that work awesome for strep throat. So there is no emergency here. There's no reason to authorize it under the EUA. We'll authorize it eventually, but you have to go through the process, prove that it's safe, long-term safety studies, et cetera. Once you do all that, you can come back to us and then we'll take a look at it. If it meets the criteria, we'll authorize it. Mm -hmm. Emergency use authorization is very, very specific. And in my opinion, there is no reason to have such an authorization because we have very good early treatment, both with some of our repurposed medications, such as hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, and one of the most effective tools, and that's, of course, IV or subcutaneous monoclonal antibodies, such as Regeneron. So why then the coordinated attack um, by the mainstream media and by really some of the science community right now to say hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, Regeneron, these aren't the cures, these are evil in many cases? It's a good question. I think in part you have to follow the money. 
So listen, the FDA and the CDC, as it turns out, are political bodies as much as they are healthcare bodies. And if you look at the funding of these two organizations, the FDA uh, and the CDC, both are funded by industry. And it never used to be that way. It used to be that the CDC and the FDA were funded by taxpayer dollars only. But over the years, that has changed. Now the same organizations that are chartered to look over and look, look at the American people, have their back as it relates to safe and effective drugs, are now being funded by the industries that they're supposed to oversee. Wow. And it just doesn't make sense to me. And I think we need to look very closely at that. There's so much corruption going on. There's so much bureaucracy going on. And it's the American people that ultimately get hurt as a result of it. Well, the American people have, are losing trust in the scientific community in many ways with Dr. Fauci and others. How do we go about restoring confidence in the scientific community in America? Well, the first is Dr. Fauci has to resign or be fired, and then Congress should investigate him. They should investigate his role, uh, the, the role of the National Institutes of Health in funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China, where this virus came from. It is pretty clear to man, many of us that the only thing that's in question is whether or not this virus was released on purpose or by accident. Mm -hmm. But what's clear is this is not a natural virus. And you ask anybody that's had COVID, me included, these symptoms are very unusual. They're very severe, the loss of taste and smell. This is not a normal, uh, naturally occurring virus. There's something very unusual that happened here. And we believe, many of us believe, that it was the Chinese Communist Party unfortunately in part funded by the U.S. taxpayer that created this virus in the Wuhan virology lab mm -hmm. and either accidentally released it or released it in purpose. And now it's uh, a pandemic worldwide. The worst part of this pandemic is not the virus. The worst part of this pandemic is our reaction to the virus. This pandemic of fear, if you will, manifested by the mainstream media, supported by many of these unelected bureaucratic healthcare organizations and for what end, it's hard to say, but it's hard not to believe that there aren't financial incentives from these folks that are that are running these agencies, um, and uh, and and perhaps even more nefarious motivation uh, at that. Mm -hmm. There's a new effort right now by the Biden administration to coerce children into getting the vaccine. We saw from Big Bird to pop stars, whatever. Uh, I want to hear what you say about it, and really, you've already spoken a lot about it and how it's it's really detrimental, but especially to our kids in the targeting of children. Yeah, you know, I've spoken out against this. Uh, as you may know, I'm one of America's frontline doctors. I also have a podcast called Informed Dissent with my co-host, Mark McDonald. It's on all the podcast uh, outlets, including Apple Podcast, um, and you can follow me on Instagram, Rx for Liberty on Instagram. And my website, Rx for Liberty, as well. Anyways, under no circumstances should a child get vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine, in my opinion. The risk is just too high. Why would we vaccinate a child that has almost no risk of the disease we're trying to prevent using an investigational vaccine with no long-term safety studies? And we've already seen significant injury in kids that receive this vaccine from myocarditis and pericarditis, that's inflammation of the heart, to even death in some cases, neurologic disease such as Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a type of paralysis, Bell's palsy, which is a 
facial nerve paralysis. It just makes no sense whatsoever. And this nonsense that somehow children are spreading this illness to at-risk adults just simply is not the case. And when you talk about schools, most school teachers are vaccinated anyways. Right. And if this vaccine works so well, we should not be fearful of children that are unvaccinated. And then, then we hear the narrative, well, kids are going to get it, bring it home, and kill grandma and grandpa. Well, first of all, most grandma and grandpas are vaccinated anyways. Right. In addition, there is no evidence that asymptomatic kids spread this illness to adults. And when kids get ill, they do perfectly well. It's a bad cold. If you look at the CDC's own data, not Crazy Barky's data, but the CDC's own data, I looked this up earlier today, there's been exactly 575 deaths in children less than 18. That's been over 20 months now of this pandemic. Now, while every one of those deaths, of course, is a horrible tragedy, the reality is almost every one of those deaths are in kids that had significant underlying comorbidities. Wow. And we're talking about leukemia and other types of cancer, diabetes, obesity, congenital heart disease, and so forth. Healthy kids simply do not die from COVID. And when they do get COVID, they do perfectly fine. They recover. They act as a buffer to this disease to adults because then they develop natural immunity. There was a study out recently that showed close to 50% of kids less than 18 years old currently have already have natural immunity. And there's been studies to show that if you vaccinate a person that has already recovered and has natural immunity, they have increased risks of vaccine injury and vaccine side effects. Yet we're indiscriminately now vac vaccinating people without any consideration of whether or not they have immunity. And it just simply doesn't make sense. It's not scientific. And we're going to harm more children than we help. Another way that's right now being harmed to children is these masks. And we're seeing p children in high schools and public schools, elementary kids, even kids with disabilities are being forced to keep the muzzle on their face. Talk about really the efficacy surrounding masks, whether or not they should be wearing them, and whether or not they're even really working in terms of slowing the transmission of COVID. You know, you're absolutely right, Ryan. And the problem is throughout this pandemic, we've never asked the question, what is the cost of the mandate? What is the cost of the recommendations that we're making? And clearly with masks, first of all, masks don't work. There's little evidence that a mask, especially the ones that kids wear, these homemade masks or these cheap surgical masks are effective at stopping a respiratory virus. We've known about this forever. Dr. Fauci told this early in the pandemic. Right. The New England Journal of Medicine did a, a long article about this. The World Health Organization, the National Institutes of Health, every major medical organization early in the pandemic told us that masks simply are not effective at stopping a respiratory virus. But more important than that is what are the consequences of a little kid wearing a mask during school? And the consequences have been devastating. First of all, we've seen the highest suicide rate in teenagers that we've ever seen in our country's history. We're seeing a dramatic increase in mental illness, including depression, anxiety, learning disorders, not to mention the physical effect of wearing a mask. There was a study out of Florida, a bunch of moms took their kids' masks after wearing them for hours in school, and they sent them off to a local lab. And the result was the growth of all kinds of pathologic disease-causing organisms inside the mask. And I mean, you know as well as I do, you take a five or six or seven-year-old and put a mask on them, first of all, they're never going to wear it appropriately. Right. They're touching their mask. They're trading it with their kids as to who has the coolest mask. And the stuff that grows on the inside of these masks 
is more harmful than it is good, uh, not to mention the mental health situation. In my opinion, forcing a child to wear a mask in school is a form of child abuse. And my recommendation to a parent is if your school requires your kid to wear a mask, that's a school you should pull your kid out of. Consider homeschooling. Consider a charter school that shares your values or a mm. private school. I want to talk a little bit about the parents right now that are overcome with fear and worry and don't want their kid to get the virus. And maybe they're, it's because they're addicted to watching CNN, MSNBC feed them this propaganda. What message can you give to them? Um, really, you've been speaking the truth, but how do, we, how do we approach this type of subject with a person that might not be receptive to hearing our message? Well, I think most important is that there is some good news. If you turn off the TV, turn off the mainstream media, you can read the paper if you want. Uh, Epic Times is a good source for mainstream, honest media. Uh, Wall Street Journal editorial page, I think, writes accurately and cleanly. You can listen to my podcast, Informed Dissent. Radio Free Hillsdale is always full of good information. I try to tune <laughs> it on when I can. And you got to take a deep breath. Your most important role as a parent is to protect your kids. Mm -hmm. And there's two ways you can do that. Pull them out of government schools. They're indoctrinating your kids. They're forcing mandates that are unhealthy for your kids. Homeschool them if you're at all uh, able to do that. Do not allow schools to vaccinate your children with this experimental vaccine. And for goodness sake, do not mask your children. It's harmful to them. Kids need to be able to see facial expressions of adults. We're causing a post-traumatic stress syndrome in our children, and we ought not be doing that as parents. As a physician in California, you're seeing firsthand this new form of segregation uh, with this vaccine card and all of that. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like living in California right yeah, now? Yeah, you know, we, we were uh, kidding earlier to see who's got the worst uh, governor. Is it, right. go is it Governor Whitmer out of uh, Michigan or is it Governor Newsom out of California? I'm not sure. You know, our governor in California just signed an extension of his emergency orders. Wow. There is no COVID emergency anymore. COVID cases are down. Our ability to treat is significantly improved with our repurposed medication. We've got great medications now to treat COVID. The key though is early treatment. What you ought not do is sit at home and do nothing until you're so sick you show up at the hospital. Find a doctor that knows how to treat this. You can go on earlycovidcare.org, earlycovidcare.org. It's a curated site that has uh, multiple telemedicine docs, if you can't find one locally that knows how to treat this. And there's wonderful protocols there from basic supplements like vitamin D3, zinc, quercetin, uh, aspirin, et cetera, to prescription medications that you can get through telemedicine and, uh, and then get access to Regeneron, which I think is one of the most effective tools. But it's crazy in California right now. Mm -hmm. Most of the mainstream pharmacies, Rite Aid, Walgreens, Savon, et cetera, are refusing to dispense safe, effective medications such as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and it's a crime. We're having to go to compounding pharmacies and mom and pop pharmacies to get these drugs, wow. and it's just unfortunate that the healthcare industry is causing more harm than good by not advertising early treatment, e even if you don't want prescription drugs, even if you use something like nasal pharyngeal hygiene, like buying buying a, a cheap bottle of betadine that has iodine in it, you know, that brown liquid, you can buy it over the counter for about five bucks and you take a couple teaspoons and six ounces of water and use that as a nasal rinse and a gargle. That in and of itself will reduce viral load 
and help you overcome COVID if you get it. Or if you don't get it, you can use it as a preventative. There are some simple interventions such as that that we should be advertising wide and far because it makes a huge difference, but we're not. What are we telling patients? Stay at home, socially distance, isolate, and if you feel like you're gonna die, show up to the hospital. That's the completely wrong approach. We've never done this with any other kind of medical illness, and that's why so many people are being harmed. It's, it's a crime what our mainstream healthcare bureaucratic system is doing, and I think it's horrible. I think a lot of people are worried about potentially having a new variant release. I know we've we've heard topics about different variants possibly coming. Um, what's what's stopping them from doing another round of lockdowns or releasing a new variant? Well, unfortunately, nothing. But the good news is uh, more and more people have gotten this virus and we're getting closer to herd immunity. We know that natural immunity, if you actually get COVID and recover from it, which the vast majority of people do, Listen, if you're, if you're less than 18 years old and you get COVID, you've got a 99.997% survival rate. These, this is the group that they're trying to push the vaccine on, and it makes no sense. We're getting closer to herd immunity. If we want to reduce the amount of variants, then we need to stop mass vaccinating the entire population. It's sort of like this. You know, you've heard, uh, and many of your audience will have heard, criticism of doctors over the years for over-prescribing antibiotics. And rightfully so, we get criticized. And the reason why it's not good to overprescribe antibiotics is we cause resistant strains of bacteria to grow when we use antibiotics willy-nilly. The most common uh, resistant strain of bacteria that your audience is probably uh, familiar with is MRSA, methicillin-resistant staph aureus, a skin infection that's difficult to treat because over the years it has uh, gained resistance against common antibiotics. So the vaccine analogy is the same. If we vaccinate everybody and their mother in the middle of a pandemic, we are causing resistance to occur just as if we throw antibiotics at everything, we're causing resistance of bacteria to occur with over-vaccinating, it's the antibiotic equivalent, it's the over-vaccination that is causing these variants to occur like the Delta variant. This nonsense that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated is actually just the opposite. Vaccinated people are still getting sick. The vaccines do a terrible job at preventing infection. They may reduce the severity of symptoms. They may reduce hospitalizations, but vaccinated people still get ill. And when they do so, they have the same viral load as unvaccinated people. So you have a vaccinated person that gets ill. They may not even realize that they're ill because they'll have mild symptoms. They'll think they have a cold or an allergy. So now they're walking around in public, not mm -hmm. realizing that they're carrying COVID, spreading this COVID to both vaccinated and unvaccinated people. And that vaccine is now driving viral resistance, uh, such as the Delta variant. And I was reading recently that now we're up to the Lambda variant that has now come out as a result of this. So the path forward is not vaccination. The path forward is early treatment. We need to make early treatment widely available to as many people as possible. In Florida, for example, Ron DeSantis purchased Regeneron directly from the manufacturer and has made it widely available everywhere in Florida. The patient who I told you that I came out to treat here in Michigan mm -hmm. could not get Regeneron. She called the local clinics and they didn't have it. She called clinics down in Ann Arbor, Michigan, an hour or so away. And the criteria to get Regeneron was so strict that she didn't even meet criteria. Wow. That's what prompted me to get the Regeneron 
from Southern California out here. I went over to her house and treated her. Within 48 hours, she's going to be a lot better. That's the type of intervention we need, and we need to make it available to as many people as possible. Dr. Barkey, thank you for speaking the truth and joining the show today. Ryan, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Ryan Young Show live right now on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Hope you have a beautiful and blessed rest of your day. I will listen and believe. I will